Hello and welcome to the Yoga Coach Podcast. I'm Tamara Page, E-R-Y-T, at the 500-hour level. As always, I look forward to sharing my 30 years of experience of personal yoga practice as well as instruction with you. I'd like to start off with a thank you for tuning in to today's episode and I'd also like you to invite you to follow Yoga Coach Tamara on YouTube for 15-20 minute yoga sessions if you feel inclined to start your day with something brief just to get you going. And if either of these platforms are meaningful or helpful in any way, please subscribe and share with others. In today's episode, I'm honored to introduce a very special guest, Eric Krompak, 48 years of age, who relocated from Ohio, where he was born and raised, to Florida, to Sarasota, Florida that is. Eric has an undergraduate, two undergraduate degrees in both accounting and film and has pursued both areas. In 1995, Eric broke his fifth cervical vertebra in an automobile accident, resulting in spinal injuries with a diagnosis as a quadriplegic. And Eric is here today to share his experience of how he actively participates in the practice of yoga in one form or another for half a dozen years. Eric, it is an honor to have you here today. Thank you so much for your valuable time and really appreciate your sharing your very inspirational story as I think that it pertains to a life well lived, particularly for one who is a shining example of someone who practices yoga. So thank you again for taking the time and for your very motivational story of courage, strength, and resilience with the listeners of today's Yoga Coach podcast. All right. Well, thank you, Tamara. Thank you very much. Um, I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk to you. It's been nice meeting you and going to your class. Um, Yeah, as it pertains to yoga, like you said, I started out about half a dozen years ago. Um, I was... um, you know, I broke my neck in 1995 and, you know, you kind of try to figure out what you can do and how you can do it and how you can modify things so that you can do it. Would um, you mind sharing your backstory with our listeners? Mm-hmm. I know your story, but I think it would be very meaningful if you're open to sharing yeah, your story. Yeah. In terms of the injury itself? And, yeah, in terms of, you know, where you were in your life. I know you were on a mm-hmm. ski trip and okay. there was an accident and yeah. what transpired and mm-hmm. how that life-altering accident sure. might have shifted. Sure. I was um, 22. I had finished college, been working for about nine months, and um, was on a ski trip. We were midnight skiing, so we were Coming back from the ski trip at about 6 a.m. And, um... Wow, midnight skiing. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty radical. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those. It was cheap and it was fun. So you just ski all night and uh, head home. But we were driving back and um, one thing or another happened. And um, our vehicle, we were in an SUV at the time. Our vehicle rolled over about five times. 
And um, did you say I, I that just... you saw the driver falling asleep at the wheel mm-hmm. or some? Yeah, yeah. I I believe the driver drifted off, and um, when I woke him up, you know, we're on a single lane highway, middle of the night, nobody around, dark outside. Um, when I woke him up, he oversteered, and um, that's what caused the SUV to roll. And so, um, so we rolled over about five times. I bumped my head. They life flighted me to the hospital. And, um, ever since then, I've been paralyzed from about the mid chest down. Um, I know you can see my function level sitting here, but, um, just to give people kind of an idea, um, I can feel from the mid chest up. I can move my arms, drive a power wheelchair, um, certain muscles are weaker than others, certain muscles are stronger than others, and, um, so then it was a matter of sort of rebuilding the parts of my body that did work still, and also, um, I guess what's the word I'm looking for, modifying things so I could use them, or finding activities I could do, or modify in such a way that I could do them, so for example, yoga. Last week, I recall you going out on an outing over the bridge, over the very large Mm -hmm. wrinkling bridge where you could literally take the chair up the bridge and back down it by yourself as uh, a daily fun outing. You want to tell us a little bit about that? I like doing things like that. Um, The chair, I mean, it's you're in the chair all the time and goes a certain speed. You might as well use it for fun, fun and practicality. So, you know, I like to go up over the bridge, large flat areas where I can go fast, Um, you know, or it's pretty up there as well. You know, it's beautiful up there. So that or, you know, something like driving myself to lunch, something like that as well. So things like that. But yeah, so so general stuff like that. And didn't you go skydiving after your accident? Yeah, I did go skydiving. That was, um, that was fun but turned out interesting too because I wound up um I think I broke I as I said I injured my neck in 95 um so I've been paralyzed since then and quadriplegics go skydiving quite a lot it's one of those it's one of those it's another example of an activity that can be modified in such a way that we can do it quite easily Mm -hmm. um as long as the people you're doing it with know what they're doing um and I thought they did um but in the case of, in this case, you know, um, it was just a silly accident, but the tandem diver fell on me, which um, I wound up breaking both femurs um, and wound up back in the hospital for a couple days. Um, but um, but in any case, I didn't have surgery. I let them heal. Um, they came out all right. So, you know, my legs are still attached. So all's <laughs> well. Um, and for those of you who are not able to see Eric, because this is not video, it's audio, his posture is extraordinary. Every once in a while, he'll ask somebody to move his pant leg, a little shift to the left or the right, because he can literally feel whether he's sitting up straight, whether he's in balance. He is so consciously aware of his body, and it's astounding and actually remarkable to me. And and that's why you know I was so enthralled with Eric, who literally rolled into our yoga class two weeks ago on a Saturday afternoon. He said, oh, I just think I'm going to swing by. And 
you know, here we were practicing yoga and he just rolled in and to my um, surprise and to my astonishment, you know, he was able to do the very thing that I'm always encouraging people to do in class, which is to modify your practice and to do what is convenient and capable for your body, for the wisdom of who you are and where you are. And that's exactly what he did. And, you know, it's just such a beautiful, inspirational example to see somebody so comfortable with themselves and at ease with doing what they can do. And and if I can emphasize that, because I do run across people frequently around town who, you know, think, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I can't come to yoga because I'm not flexible. I can't come to yoga because I don't have the right outfit. Or I've heard all kinds of, you know, excuses. So yeah. to see the shining example of what really I think is such a, a, a beautiful way to practice is to really just honor who you are, where you are, and open yourself up and go from there. So that was um, that was really sweet uh, to have you, and I hope that you'll come back and join us again. Definitely, definitely. I should, you know, this is I should mention, you know, this is one of those things that quadriplegics do is is we kind of adapt, and so so in this case, you know, I, in this case, so for example, I know, I know another quad that's incapable of moving his arms, yet he's figured out a way to paint. Um, so it involves, you know, putting the canvas on the ground, using blow tubes to suck just enough paint into the tube to make just the right size mark, another hooking a brush to his chair, rolling past the canvas so the brush, it's, you know, it's a broomstick basically, it's just the right way. So different things like that in order to do things like that. And I know, you know, any number of other quadriplegics that have figured out ways to modify certain activities for themselves. Um, in terms of my posture, as you mentioned, um, I've tried one to try and stray deliberately try and stay as straight as I can post posturally, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, it's, it's one of those I've worked very hard with the people at the wheelchair shops and durable medical equipment places. Because, you know, they're they're used to seeing people that are sort of bent in half a little bit, mm -hmm. very crooked. Drooping a little yeah, off to this yep, side. Yep, and, yep. No, I've never so, seen that. So they tend to you. see my little things as not very big if, if, if they see them at all. Um, they'll see them when I point them out. But so, so I've worked on, you know, getting hooks and braces and pads in different places just to keep myself centered and straight. And you know, part and that of that you do. Yeah, part of that is for comfort purposes, and part of that is for um, I just don't want to end up crooked at some point in life. Right. To the point where you know, if if you sit me in a bad position for long enough, right. which I guess applies to everybody to some extent, they're going to stay that way. True. And so so that's that's where. That's where that comes in. As far as yoga goes, you know, it it can certainly assist with keeping me straight, stretched out, help with pain, that kind of thing. Um, the way I first started, you know, with yoga, I didn't necessarily start out comfortable enough 
to go to just roll into any any yoga class and and see what was going on i didn't i didn't start out that way yeah tell um, us how you did get yeah, started in yoga um, and a little bit more about how that evolutionary yep. process went for you yeah i have some adaptive cuffs that'll let me go to like a gym say any any normal gym i don't know what's a what's a uh you know any any kind of gym mm-hmm. um uh, work out and i can hook myself to the weights and you know do normal weights i could do it at home but that's kind of boring i would rather do things in the end i would almost always rather do things where i'm out with people and so that's yeah get a little social know, activity yeah, along with your yeah. weightlifting so tangentially yeah. that's another thing yoga provides is sort of a collective experience um a group experience as opposed to being at home with one-on-one or something like that but i was i was kind of bored with the weights um and rolled past a yoga class and kind of thought i could do that um i love it <laughs> and 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 but that didn't mean i rolled right in no but you, you know. had but you had the right frame of yeah. mind i can do that yep yep and that's, that's what is so fabulous so, about so you eric <laughs> i happened to have a couple of friends at the time that um had done yoga quite a bit um, a couple of assistants and friends. Um, so it was one of those things where they started out, I started out with having them take me to the class. Um, and, and I, I prefer to go to rather than going to like wheelchair yoga or something like that. I prefer to go to just a standard yoga class because it's, it's a little different experience. And I mean, it's much easier to find. You can find a standard yoga class in any number of places if it's wheelchair yoga it that that you have to hunt for um so so yeah my friends started out taking me and for me physically speaking it's sort of a strengthening and a stretching and a balance thing all wrapped into one um so for example certain poses i can get my arms to a certain level and lifting the weight of my arms is strengthening um, it's, it's, it's enough weight to strengthen if I'm taking it to its extreme. So, you know, that substitutes a little bit for like weightlifting or something like that. Um, and then depending on who I have with me, they'll take me the rest of the way into the stretch. And so there's the, there's the added stretch, which helps keep things, keeps things loose. You know, it can help with things, you know, pain, muscle spasms, anything like that. Um, so that's that's how it got started. So, and it also started out with me kind of having no idea what was going on in the class. So you know, they would they would help me follow along and kind of keep up. But it's also one of those things where I didn't really necessarily care that much about keeping up. So, it's one of those things if I needed to take a break or you know we did a certain exercise or they're doing a certain pose that. I didn't particularly like well I'd just sit it out or I do um, throw in a different pose or which is what we're all supposed yeah. to do but people are, yeah. seem to be intimidated about mm-hmm. doing that and feeling yeah. like they have yeah. to keep up with their neighbor to the left or the person yeah. in the front or the person behind them which is not really the case in yoga so you just intuitively are comfortable yeah that's with- where the collective experience kind of comes in because it is it's an individually collective experience. You've yeah. got to do your own thing in a group. 
Um, so you, you've got people around you that you can sort of follow along with, but at some point, somebody else is always going to be able to bend more than you or, you know, stretch more than you (laughs) or do do a pose you can't do or, you know, twist them up. Well, you've seen my arms, Tamara, you know how loose they are. Your shoulders are the most open shoulders I've ever seen. So that, you know, I can somebody well especially if somebody's helping me i can twist them all over the place yeah somebody else well most people aren't going to be able to do that but um but some people can but um very few that doesn't mean they need to try to do that necessarily and then there's other things that they they can they can manipulate their body into certain positions i can't and Mm -hmm. so maybe i try and come up with my own version of that you know um it's it's I I don't know if I can explain it properly, but you you've seen this as well, Tamara, where I can tilt my wheelchair, I can recline my wheelchair flat. So, you know, if I've seen you invert yourself, yeah, yeah. Uh, do a full inversion where you're, you know, getting blood to mm-hmm. the brain, and you can really, yeah. you know, get almost at a perpendicular angle yeah, <laughs> and just yeah, yeah. enjoy that as yeah. well in so your chair, if there's so. if there's a certain pose where you know somebody's in a seated position and their legs are up in the air i can't necessarily physically do that but i can use my chair to elevate my legs and tilt the chair slightly and i still may not necessarily be exerting the same effort they are but i'm still sort of there and and there and kind of doing doing whatever whatever kind of works so So here we are talking about all of the physical attributes Mm -hmm. and just a few days ago eric and i were having a conversation and i mentioned to him you know that originally yoga started 5000 bc and there was nothing um that related to all these physical postures back then in the origin of yoga. There was one pose. It was called the seat, the seat of yoga. And it was established by the ancient sage Patanjali, who wrote the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. So yoga really was never intended to have all this physical movement and all these gymnastic things that we seem to do. That was an evolutionary um, instrument that came along over time because the sages realized, oh my gosh, some people just can't sit and quiet and calm and quell their mind. So poses were introduced much later. Originally, the seat of yoga was under the influence of the second yoga sutra, Yoga's Chitta Vritti Narodaha, which is Sanskrit that translates to, I practice yoga in order to cessate the fluctuations of my mind. So when teachers train to become yoga instructors, we understand that, yes, it's fun, and yes, we do all these physical movements, but there really is a method to our madness. We have you lining up, creating good alignment skills, working with your physical body so that ultimately we can get you to quiet your mind. 
And that is really the essence of yoga because the mind is very powerful. And as, you know, one of the great sages, BKS Iyengar said, you know, the mind is like a pack of wild horses. It wants to run off here, there, and everywhere. And we can get caught up in our stories and believe them and, you know, try to move things in the direction that we think they should be going when they act, you know, we just, we get so caught up in this whole monkey mind and all this business of um, 7,000 thoughts a day, I believe. So yoga, the practice of yoga. You did the math on that? Uh, well, that that's <laughs> that's what that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. the really? seven wow. you know, about 7,000 thoughts <laughs> per day. And it's not my number, but that's what yeah, the research shows. Yeah, yeah. So our job, really, as a yoga instructor, is not to you know help people perfect their poses. Mm-hmm. Um, that just helps them to get aligned and starts to create more space in the body. And once you create more space in the body, you start your body just helps to quiet the mind down. So that is the ultimate goal. So this seat of yoga is really the most important posture that there is. So I guess having this conversation with you, what I'm wondering is have you found that your practice of yoga has helped you in any way to create more clarity and calm and quelling the mind as well in your seat? I would would say so, yes. I mean, I, I am literally seated all day for 14 hours a day. But um, I think to some extent, there's a little bit of learned behavior pre-yoga from possibly being in the hospital. And, you know, I spent in total four and a half, five, six months in the hospital when I was initially injured and nothing happens when you want it to happen. Um, And, you know, there was a point where I was kind of just in bed, you know, for example, not able to scratch an itch or something like that. So, you know, there is some learned behavior there in terms of just got to calm down and not think about it and that kind of thing. Mm. So I can sort of, you know, recline my chair and stare at the ceiling forever without really thinking of it. But in terms of yoga itself... So that's a great example of just how powerful the mind is. Mm -hmm. If you refrain from scratching those itches and you just sit through it, Mm -hmm. which is what yoga teaches us to do. But in your case, you're in the hospital and that's why you did it. But that's what we talk about is when you're sitting in a state of meditation and there's a bee buzzing around you, Mm -hmm. how to not react to the external situation but go ahead i'm sorry no it's okay in general i still react by rolling away from the bee as fast as possible but oh i know yeah whatever whatever that external thing um, is that wants you to take your attention away Mm -hmm. how to just create the power of the mind to overcome that Mm -hmm. itch or overcome whatever situation it is and that still applies to a certain extent there are still spots you know that on the top of my head or my back that I can't get to by myself and so if there is an itch you know there's times I'll ignore it for 20 minutes before I have someone even bother with it just because I've gotten a little bit used to it some of it's just stubbornness and not wanting to ask somebody but um but in the case of yoga I think um to a certain extent, yes, of course. Um, 
with the way my balance is when I'm in assorted poses, I'm focused enough on what's going on that really I can't really focus on anything else. So so it so it sort of centers your mind that way. That, I think that's does what it, we call the one pointed focus. Does that kind of make sense the way I'm describing it? Complete because as a yoga instructor that is ultimately what we're looking for. We practice something called dharana which means concentration. One pointed focus. That's why everybody you hear all these buzzwords about mindfulness and living mm-hmm. in the moment. That's really what that is. Because if we're trying to think of, of a myriad of thoughts or we're multitasking, it's, you know, it's, it's always, there's always going to be nervousness associated mm-hmm. with it. So you've internally, intrinsically done that yourself. No one had to teach you yeah. to do it. It's, um, it's astounding. To a certain extent. But in, in, I mean, I'm, I guess I'll use the word better at yoga now than when I started in terms of like knowing you know certain muscles don't work so example i don't have triceps so if i take my arm up to a certain height bend it a certain way eventually it's going to drop on my head so i've learned to sort of manage that drop mm-hmm. manage that balance and and also with regard to the poses i'm i'm you know you've seen this Tara. if you lean me a certain way far enough i will just keep going I'll, 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 my body will not come back. So it's it's one of those things where kind of taking it right up to the edge, even if I have someone helping me of, you know, how far it'll, I can bend this way or that way. And again, focusing on what body parts are where right. to sort of, sort of center my head. And, and so... And he does so, like to play his edge. <laughs> so that's, so that's kind of, that's kind of how that works. But I know with regard to yoga it does help with focus in terms of what goes on post yoga so for example you know if i start out my day say it's nine o'clock and um i don't really have much to do well i have things to do it takes me a while to actually get into them get whether it be it on the computer let's use the computer as an example you know Mm -hmm. I've got six things to do on the computer, and I may, for lack of a better word, screw around for half an hour before I actually get things going. Whereas if I go to a yoga class, say at 9 o'clock, and spend 45 minutes or whatever doing some yoga, when I come back, I'm, I'm, I tend to dive right in. Mm. So I tend to, it mm-hmm. tends to sort of, it tends to, I guess it clears things out a little bit. Right. And then, and then, then I'm ready to jump right in. I find that too. And I, and I think a lot of our students do. That's why we have people that come early in the morning before Mm -hmm. they go to work because they know it's going to help them to be more productive at work. Yeah. Just by getting that clarity. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's all astounding. And, and folks, I have to say, I am continually astounded by Eric's commitment to himself, to his personal health, his well-being, his independence, 
He does not subscribe to self-pity. He builds on resilience. And Eric, a shining example of one who has and continues to overcome challenges and obstacles. And the words of encouragement today and the inspiration that you um, hopefully are offering to our friends out on the Yoga Coach podcast um, who might sometimes, you know, feel, oh, I lack willpower, or they fall into fear, or they start subscribing to self-pity, self-doubt. You know, mm-hmm. I hope that this um, interview today and this time that you've shared with us your story will, will really be an inspiration for so many of us and help us to realize, you know, just how powerful the mind is mm, that we you. can overcome so much. Thank you. Thank you. I would, I, yeah, I would say try it. I mean, it's, it's one of those you hear, you do hear people saying, you know, yoga is not for me, but oftentimes it's people that have never even gone to a class. <laughs> That's right. It's so, true. Or I don't get it. That's so true. Or you'll hear him say, I don't get it. And yeah. it's like, well, it's a lot of times it's people that have not tried a class and, and don't realize and don't quite realize, you know, or, you know, I, I, I like to do this, and that doesn't do enough of this. Right. And it's, well, try it. Maybe it does do enough of that, you know. Or maybe so, they have preconceived ideas mm-hmm, about what they mm-hmm. think it is, or intimidation, yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. Who knows what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can be, when you look at a yoga class from the outside, it appears that everyone in the room knows exactly what they're doing. Um if you're if you're like peeking in the doorway you know what I mean but um but once you're actually sitting there you realize that people are fumbling stumbling um struggling to sort of get in a certain spot you know getting tired so so it's more it's a little different experience once you're actually participating in it with people yes Well, Eric, thank you so much for sharing your very personal experiences while remaining, um, you know, so calm during your life and you sharing your practices with us and your story and and for sharing, you know, how we might all recognize that life does throw curveballs and, and sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we should recognize our blessings and how we can adapt that's the the most important thing and Mm -hmm. build resilience and build strength and and create this kind of power of the mind that the um sages talked about and that's really what they are trying to achieve with yoga so that we're not reacting to what's going on around us but rather we are creating our own internal intrinsic world within and so thank you thank you for that and i thank you all for tuning in to today's podcast um, again i'd like to invite you to follow yoga coach tamara on youtube for these small segments many little vignettes if you will maybe to start your day with um, and if either of these platforms the youtube or the spotify uh, podcast yoga coach are meaningful please subscribe and share with others and with love and gratitude i thank you thank you for joining me as always on this week's episode of yoga coach podcast until we meet again find peace experience joy in your journey continue to practice Trust your intuition, repeat, and continue to practice. It's the repetition that matters. May life 
treat you with kindness, and may we all live with peace of mind. May we live a joyful, peaceful, purposeful, and happy life. And above all, may we all live in the universal force and flow of love. Namaste. Namaste.